Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. As humans, we're not just a meat sack moving through time and space. We understand the concept of mind over matter. This is a scientifically demonstrated fact to be true, that in times of despair, a mother develops superhuman strength and can rip a car door open. Yeah. But when we look at what that means at the really scientific level, it's that everything that shows up in our physical reality has to first be held as a vision in our mind. If we can't hold something as a vision in our mind, it can't physically show up in our physical reality. Everything that you do, I think it's called the observer effect in quantum physics, Everything that you do experience moves through the mind as a vision that projects out and actually causes through the observer effect, physical reality to respond to it. So the stories that we're holding our mind are literally creating our world. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, episode 
264. You are listening to your dream business podcast and I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I will share with you business, marketing and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I am back from my lovely trip to Nashville and I feel like, if I can just get a little bit woo here, I feel like some big shifts happened while I was over there and to spend the time and the money I did on doing something like that was was phenomenal and gave me so much to think about, made me realise so much about myself that I'm almost in a bit of a phase now of looking at who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm doing in the business and how I earn money and how I spend my time and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it was just phenomenal. And if anyone is sat there thinking whether they should invest, you know, time and money in themselves, one million percent, yes. Now I am about to, I say about, I'm literally just going through the the thoughts at the moment, but I'm going to make some changes to the pricing of my offers in terms of the membership, in terms of working with me one-to-one because of lots of different reasons, lots of things that happened while I was away, lots that I've learned about myself and about how I am as a person and how I've invested in me and what I do. So that will be coming and I will tell you about that at some point. But yeah, I just, and I say that for two reasons. One, because I think it's so important that you do invest yourself. And two, if you're investing in yourself looks like working with me, then you probably want to look at doing it as sooner rather than later, because I'm going to be reviewing my pricing and they are likely to go up. So yeah, I just want to say that I had the most amazing time and and it was just brilliant. And then I was in LA afterwards and and some things happened, which I won't go into, but that taught me some lessons too. And even when things are a bit rubbish and you think, yeah, that sucked. I didn't want to have to deal with that. Actually, sometimes they're the biggest and best lessons. And for me, I finally feel like I'm stepping into who I am and my power and what I'm meant to be doing. Is that all a bit heavy for a Monday morning? I apologise if that's the case, but it's very apt for today's interview. I have interviewed the amazing Dan. Now, I've just gone back because you know how I batch a lot of interviews and we're almost getting to the end of my batching and we're about to start re-recording some, which by the way, have already, the applications have been in for six, 12 months almost. And I've actually paused any new applications because I have too many, which is a lovely position to be in. But Dan was recorded quite a while back. So I went back and listened to it and I basically listened to the whole thing start to finish. And it's so good. Like, so, so good. The stuff he talks about, the stories we tell, the conversations we have. This is totally up my street and some great things to learn in this. And it's really fitting with kind of who I am and what I'm learning. I've mentioned before that I'm doing a diploma in coaching and spiritual coaching, and I am learning all sorts of amazing things, which will add to me and what I offer to my amazing community. So yeah, but this episode is perfect. I love it. I'm sure you will too. As always, I will link up to everything in the show notes about Dan. Please go check him out. Please do go share the love and tell us what you thought of this episode. And I will just get straight on it and hand you over to Dan. 
I am really excited today to welcome to the podcast, the very lovely Dan Mangena. Dan, how are you doing? I am super duper califrigic expialidocious is how I do it. <laughs> well, I've never you, had... You were not expecting that, were you? No, I was certainly you not, not, certainly not. First but that is like, baby. you know, a great start. That That has got to give some energy to anyone who's listening like, we're in for a treat. I can tell before you get going. <laughs> Dan, I'm really excited to have you on. One of your, the stuff you talk about is the stuff that I love. So it's always mm. nice to kind of pick people's brains and hear what they've got to say about stuff. But I always start in exactly the same way by asking you to explain to my lovely audience how you got to do what you do today. Pain, Teresa. <laughs> she thinks I'm joking. Right. I'm not joking. You're going to you're gonna say something serious and then I'm going to think, oh, God, I just laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I love to describe, I don't love, I called to describe my life as a, a trilogy effectively mm-hmm. right now we're in part three and part three has been going on since 13th of february 2018 at 6 40 ish in the morning and do you okay. know how i can tell that's exactly what happened you tell me so i was at a meditation retreat you probably heard of dr jody spender i was at yes. one of his seven day week long events i've been doing his work for a few years did tequila shots with him once he's an awesome guy love him to bits amazing i was at this retreat and the crazy thing was is that that particular retreat hadn't really been that great for me not because of anything to do with dr joe but i'd been on a run of going to his events literally every couple of months so Mm -hmm. if you imagine my girlfriend at the time someone who's relatively introverted doesn't really Mm -hmm. leave the house that much all of a sudden is running off to another country yeah (laughs) every few weeks Coming back with, and as you know, the spiritual communities tend to have more women than men coming back with new people. They're in the States. I'm in the UK at the time. So in the evening, I'm sitting there texting with random women that I didn't know before. I love you so much. Oh, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. So she's like, this one, she's like, I'm coming along to see what the hell's going on. All these people that you're meeting, I want to see what's going on. Not a weird orgy thing. So she came along. (laughs) So what ended up happening is between each of the sessions, I'd come out from the meditation session. She'd be there at the door, waiting for me. There at the door, waiting for me. In the evening, there, waiting for me. So I didn't really get a chance to kind of just unplug as I'd normally done. So it's not yeah. that there was anything wrong, but it's been different to ordinarily I go for the four days, the seven days, whatever. Mm. Phone's off. I just dive in and do the yeah. thing. So the Monday after, so this was, we finished on the Sunday, Monday morning, everyone's out doing a walking meditation. I'm like, I'm going to go and do a walking meditation. And I had no word of a lie an interdimensional fifth degree 3D virtual reality experience of exactly what my life would look like if I had answered the call that I've been hearing throughout part two of the trilogy. The right. call had been coming, the synchronicities had been showing up, the invitations had been there. I'd had my Jonah in the whale situation where I'd said, yes, and give me a bit to, and I'll, I'll change, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come and do this thing. Because I wasn't really incentivized Okay. This is the thing. I wasn't burnt out in a corporate job. I wasn't like miserable. I was living my best life. That's yeah. what you have to understand. I'd come from the dark times of part one. I built myself up over part two. I had a lovely home in Highgate. I had a tailor. I'd hang out with my mates in different parts of the world. I had more wristwatches than I needed by more yeah. names than I needed to t- like my life was good. Yeah. Was yeah. Making good money working out great relationships with my friends, great relationships with my family. So I didn't have this missing thing that yeah, I yeah. often hear people talking about. That's like, I need to go and find my purpose. I didn't mm-hmm. feel that. So when this nudge was coming and these things were coming, I was like, yeah, I'm all right right now. Mm. And then in this experience, I had like 
oh, I'm getting the gooses right now. I literally felt exactly what my life would be like if I answered the call. It's like, yeah, you've got all this stuff, but there's all this more. And that mm-hmm. day I shut down the website for my business. I gave back money for contracts when I got back to the UK. I walked away from deals. And within a couple of months, I was packed up with a, a backpack, suit carrier, and a, a suitcase traveling the world on my own dime, sharing this work that I do. And so that's where the transition was into this. And part two and part one have got their things. We'll probably get to those. But the point of transition was about 6.40 in the morning, the 13th of February, 2018. So, you know, probably an irrelevant question in all of this, but I'm nosy. Did your girlfriend come with you or was that the end of that girlfriend? It didn't last. No. Okay. I was just, it did not last, I was just no. being nosy because that's a huge flipping thing. Like yeah. that isn't, I might change my job or I'm thinking about doing this thing. That yeah. is, you know, this life you've come accustomed to, you know, this, what we've got and what we do and how this works and all this, that is like, oh yeah, no, not anymore. And yeah. some people, I mean, I didn't do something quite like that, but I certainly <laughs> handed in a job and started my business on a whim. Um, yeah. Which is no mean feat, no mean feat. (laughs) And people thought I was crazy. They thought I'd lost my mind. And I think, you know, (laughs) you're an entrepreneur. We've got to be doing this. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what was people's reactions? What did they think? And did you for a second doubt yourself and go, oh, actually, what have I done? Well, the thing is, like, I've never had a a job job. Mm -hmm. I've never had a job job. I made my first million when I was 19 years old, promptly lost everything, made it again promptly lost everything. That was part one. You know, right. I taught myself to make computers when I was 13, registered my first company when I was 16 with Companies House. What? An yeah. Earth. So like I was, I was always about that life. Right. And so nobody was like, oh, dad's packed up and he's going to go travel in the world. It's like, oh, that's what he's doing now. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Because you'd been so, it's not yeah. like you'd sat in the same job for the last 20 years doing no, whatever. No, yeah. Yeah. No. I've had, I've had two jobs. I worked in Stir Century Cinemas in Rumford when I was 15 or 16 for the summer. I didn't need the money. I was already making money. I was making like a few hundred pounds here and there, sending my computers. But I met my best friends, Jamie and Nathan there. My friend, Andrew was like, Hey, do you want something to do? Like they need people to work at the cinema. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Let's do it. And I've got like free ice cream and popcorn and I love movies. So that was my job. Perfect. And then building myself back up after losing everything the second time and coming out of the whole dark shadows of suicide and stuff. Mm-hmm. I got a job in a call center and I worked there for about six months while I built up another business that I, I grew that to about hundred thousand pounds a month of revenue. Wow. So yeah. those businesses, mm-hmm. were they anything to do with or like what you do today? No, no. Completely My first different. business that went wrong, horribly wrong, actually went wrong because I was trying to help people because I didn't have the right licenses for the way that I was helping people. So the government come in and take everything. Thank you. Oh dear. And then, then I went into project well, consulting really. And I built up money doing that. And I ended up getting equity slices in different deals that I put together. And then everything got stolen by people. Cause I tried to be clever because everything got taken by the government the first time. Yeah. I was like, remember, I'm, I'm young, I'm like 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. He knows everything. So yeah. Like, oh, Cause we do when we're that age. <laughs> <laughs> Arrogance of youth, right? Yeah. I'm going to put everything in other people's names and then they're not going to get my money. Like, did oh, Well, no. the people took the money instead. So. Oh, that was that. Man. So uh, yeah, I built up that. So I was doing, you know, putting deals together for people, brainstorming stuff. People paid me basically to pick my brain and I took equity slices for my mm-hmm. brain capital going into to deals. And then I leveraged that back into consulting. That's the business that I built up. And we ended up branching into other areas of well. We did some stuff with, with pensions and stuff like that with the SIPs and 
going into companies that had op- opportunities to take advantage of using pension funds for real estate and stuff like that. And I basically put things together for them and got equity slices again. And that's what I was doing. And now it's nothing to do with that, yeah, which is one like, of the reasons why I was saying no, because I didn't want to have anything to do with other people because it hadn't really worked out before. Yeah. I wanted to be in my safe little bubble. So yeah. it was a big, big hurdle for me to go over. So explain to people what it is you do today. Like, yeah. you know, how do you describe yourself? How do I describe myself? Mm. You ready? Yeah. Are you sure that you're ready? I'm very ready. I support spiritually and entrepreneurial hearted and minded people wanting 360 degrees of abundance. That's it. I love it. That's what we I love it. Yeah. So I can see the entrepreneurial stuff, but where did the spiritual stuff come from? Like, is that something that was always there that you toyed with yourself, but it was not mm-hmm. necessarily part of the mainstream? Or was that something? Because obviously you talked about Dr. Joe Dispenza and we just realized mm-hmm. that we both know Mary Hyatt. Mary. Yeah. My lovely Shout Mary. Out Mary. Yeah. What up, Mary? <laughs> Love you. And she she goes to Jada Spencer, and I was introduced yep. to who he was through her. Yep. So obviously you were going to those things. And obviously, mm-hmm. if anybody knows what Jada Spencer does, obviously he talks about spiritually and healing and all that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. was it always there or mm-hmm. how did it come about? So I've been in personal development for about 22 years. And I am as young as I look because I was reading Think and Grow Rich when I was 16 years old. I was studying books like Psycho-Cybernetics in my teens, getting books from Nightingale Conant. And my early success, I really do grant to, number one, this unwavering, just knowing that I was going to be a millionaire, right? And mm-hmm. B, a razor-sharp mindset that was honed by all of the studying and books and stuff that I was reading. So my mental stuff was on point. And I've always used mind and mental to create. And then around 20... 15, 2016, when I got into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, having tried some of the spiritual stuff before, it kind of gave me a way to kind of get into it. And since then, now I practice Kundalini Yoga and other things as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that sets me aside, I believe, he says, from other people, maybe in my field and other fields, is that I don't just look at mindset. I don't just look at the spiritual. I recognize that all of these are part of who we are as a holistic being. And mm-hmm. so the spiritual has been, it's ended up being where a lot of people who are attracted and resonate with what I do come from because they've been caught up in the spiritual stuff and haven't got a way to connect it to the mindset, mm. habits, behaviors, action, and the intentionality, which is what mm. I bring together. Yes. So in order to groove with me, you kind of need to get that we're more than just meat sacks, right? Mm-hmm. You need to kind of get that there's some, the woo-woo's got something to it, yeah. no matter what to, to what degree you are. Mm-hmm. But that's just, it's an essential component. And so I kind of make sure people know there's going to be some woo going on here. We're going to have some fun with it. We're going to get some results, but there is some woo. Yeah. And I think you're so right. I think for me, I came in from a business point of view. I was always very corporate. I had corporate roles. Then when Mm -hmm. I started my own business, and I think I'd always had a passion and I didn't think about it until the other day for personal development. Because I, again, remember reading like mind books and things when I was like probably 19, 20. Mm. And then... When I had my own business, I really got into the personal development because I then suddenly realized that the importance of mindset when you are your business and you've got to show up every day and you've got to do this, <laughs> that is like basically make or break a business. And then, and I think it was maybe a bit of Mary, like when she came into my world and, but slowly the mindset and the personal development and the more strategy has now been sort of like surrounded by and made better by the spiritual side where mm-hmm. Because I I always really struggled. I remember watching The Secret 
Um, mm-hmm. I never read the book. I think I tried to, but anyway, I remember watching The Secret and then like this example of, you know, I thought about having a Porsche and there it was. And of course I, I could only sit there and go, what are you talking about? That is ridiculous. <laughs> that would never happen. But, so I always really struggled with that side. And mm-hmm. it's funny, I'm much more, I love the manifestating. I love all that, but I love the fact that there was a law of action. There was a law mm-hmm. of like, this isn't just sitting there going, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's wholeheartedly believing in it. And it's mm-hmm. wholeheartedly believing that you are being helped along that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that looks like for someone. And I was, I was not spiritual at all. You know, we weren't religious mm-hmm. as a family. We would say we had a religion, but we never went to church. We never prayed. Church we never of did England. Anything. You're kind of, you're born in England. Yeah. Everyone, Christian, everyone right? has to have it. You know what I mean? It's like uh, nothing else. You're not doing anything else. Fine. That's what you are. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I never, it was never a thing, but now it's like, for me, it kind of brings me comfort in the fact of knowing that sometimes life delivers you stuff that is hard and tough. And no matter mm-hmm. how much work you put in, no matter how much your mindset is in check to go, yeah, you know, some things might deliver that you're like, well, I really didn't want that to happen. And it could be small, it could be huge. But mm-hmm. for me, and I remember Mary saying to me, and this was a game changer, as she was coaching me and I lost some clients and they've, my lovely listeners have heard this story many times, but it's, you know, I'll say it again. And you haven't heard it, Dan. And I'd lost these clients and I'd get on a coaching call with Mary freaking out. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I've lost them. And they didn't leave for any bad reason. It was just end of contract, whatever. And I was (laughs) like, you know, they hated me. No, I'm joking. But like, I was like, it's, you know, a huge amount of money. I'm really panicking. Mm -hmm. I've now bought this team on. What on earth is going to happen? And I was really getting stressed and in my body, I could feel it. And she said, what if you're exactly where you're meant to be? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, and initially I really struggled with the concept. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, what if there's a plan and this is Mm -hmm. part of the plan and you can't see it, but what if this is exactly how it's meant to unfold? And suddenly it was like, God, that feels nice. Like Mm. whether I believe it or not, which I do now wholly believe it. But at the time, whether I believed it or not, it just felt nicer. It just was an easier thing to deal with because me stressing about it was changing nothing. Like Mm -hmm. all it was doing was making me miserable. So for me, like I said, it's kind of gone from the personal development into the spiritual, which I totally get though, that you've also got the other way around of the spiritual into the, how do you make this into a practical thing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you talk a lot about money and money mindset and manifesting Mm -hmm. and abundance. Mm -hmm. So talk us through kind of what you mean by all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, in one sentence. No, <laughs> in a sentence. I have a sentence for you. So first and foremost, money's not the most important thing. Money's just numbers on the screen. And this is going to go into two sentences, if you don't mind. I'll um, lie. <laughs> I saw, thank you, man. I saw an Instagram thing the other day where there was a guy from the Federal Reserve in the US, and he was being challenged on the fact that the way that they make money is literally by pressing the button and money shows up, mm. right? And literally, when you realize that that fiat currency, which is, money that we use these days is literally someone in a central bank decides this much money exists and then it gets lent out through the banks and it numbers just Amazing. move from place to place. It's yeah. not even like the printed stuff anymore. No, It's just numbers. And we've got this, all this emotional charge around numbers that just move around and they just move around according to value being moved around. And when you understand that actually it's not that complicated and look beneath that and actually see that everything is actually not that complicated. What you've got with money is a measurable way to track your ability to just make squiggles move around, a squiggle of a relationship, a squiggle of health in your body, a squiggle of numbers on a screen. 
And it really comes down to the same formula that sits underneath any of them operating and flowing as you consciously choose. Mm-hmm. And so we use money as the measurable way to track our ability to consciously create outcomes that we want, because there is like, there isn't like, Oh, this is the way that you create this or that it's just mm-hmm. creation. That's yeah, yeah. it. But if I'm talking about creating happiness or creating joy, I can, yeah. But if I say to you, we're going to consciously create, we're going to start with making a thousand dollars show up or a thousand pounds or a thousand euros show up yeah. for you. Right. It did or it didn't. You can tell very quickly whether I'm full of it or not because it did Absolutely. or it didn't show up. Yeah. And then we can take those same principles and apply them everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you're kind of giving yourself a real job there, aren't you? Like you're, you are definitely putting your money where your mouth is in terms of like, you know, this is what you get. Because like you said, you can, one thing I love about the word abundance and, and abundance in general is the fact of mm-hmm. Even though my family would happily say that I have very high expectations and I like very expensive things, which I do, but mm-hmm. one thing that they don't get is how abundant I feel without all of that. Like mm-hmm. I can feel like I joke that my morning coffee is like the best coffee in the world. I flip and love mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I just have this particular oat milk, I have this particular brand of coffee. And it's just mm-hmm. like every morning I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. How lucky mm-hmm. am I that I get mm-hmm. to drink this coffee? I've recently mm-hmm. got into gardening in the last year or so, and I'm mm-hmm. growing vegetables. I honestly, I don't recognize myself anymore, but I love it. Right. And I, I am I couldn't be more abundant when looking at that stuff, when planting something in the ground and seeing it grow. So like, I get, it's easy when talking about abundance because you can, if anybody's listening to this, they are abundant in so many ways. It's unbelievable because the fact that you can hear for one, the fact that you've got a means to connect and hear and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. listen to things and educate yourself. And so that I get, but when it comes down to actual money, Mm -hmm. like that, that's when it starts to test me a little bit because also <laughs> the other thing that's interesting, and, and I had a conversation this morning, actually, we just talked about this, about how, when you don't have money, how that makes you feel and how mm-hmm. that, I know in my head that is sending out vibes that it shouldn't be sending and I should not mm-hmm. be stressing about it. But the problem is I see a number on a page, like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Or on a screen and think, holy moly, man, I really need to improve that number. So mm-hmm. how... I don't even think I've asked a proper question in all of that, but <laughs> could you see where I'm trying to go? Like the abundance I get, the physical mm-hmm. money, how do mm-hmm. we do that? How do we manage it? How do we, yeah, make sense The first thing you start by doing is taking it off the pedal stool. It's just numbers on a screen. Okay. That separation between the two things is being built on the emotional charge that you've got of, oh, it's something special. It's not, it's just numbers mm-hmm. on a screen. And so many people are being separated from enjoying financial abundance, the financial aspect of abundance, mm. because they've made a God of it. They've made an, an idol of it that they separate themselves from. And that separation becomes reflected in your emotional state. But then we can only think to the level of our current emotional state. So that emotional state then impacts our ability to think. And so we're holding this vision in our mind, these limitations, these limiting beliefs, ideas, narrative stories, and mental projections around this thing of separation. But then our habits and behaviors, which we're running on unconsciously as much as 97% of the time, then follow on from that vision. And so our habits, behaviors, our actions, the environment that we curate, what we'll accept, what we do, follows on from this separation. And guess what we end up with? An experience of separation. But what would happen if that snowball effect got switched to be something positive, that we mm-hmm. actually started holding a vision of connection, of oneness with this, dropping the illusion of separation between any of these types of abundance and have this 360 degree approach to abundance, not this monotone version. 
well, then our emotional state will be one of acceptance of allowing of receivership. Then guess what? Our mindset, our beliefs, our stories, our narratives will start bridging that gap. Then guess what? Our habits and behaviors, instead of sabotaging us, will actually start conspiring to our good. And that's when we have those manifestations. That's when we start to have things show up as synchronicities and opportunities. In our signature program, we get people from zero to 1.6 million. And some people do it in as, less, as little as a year. And I'm talking about people who have been flat out. One guy, Josh Crisp, didn't even have enough money to pay for the program all at once. He had to, to part pay. Within a few days, people started paying him money back that he thought he'd written off. His business partner gives him 25 grand to put into the business. He finds out that he's a one of the beneficiaries of a $4 million class action lawsuit that he knew nothing about. And within six months, his business was doing six figures a month. And it's been doing so since 2020, what? 2019. Like, sorry, go on. No, no, I was going to say, but it, it, and it wasn't hustled. It no. showed up because we allowed the natural flow to show up from that opening foray of the vision, the idea, the narrative that we're holding and let that follow through. Please carry on. So I like to play devil's advocate because I know some of my lovely listeners, I, I push them a little bit and, you know, they mm -hmm. might be thinking, oh, where are we going with this, Teresa? Like, you know, do we have to talk about this mindset stuff and the spiritual stuff again? But I like it because, because for me, it's, that's the way you discover things and, and learning mm -hmm. is one of the greatest gifts we ever have. Mm -hmm. When you say that story, there are mm -hmm. people and mm -hmm. maybe a little part of me that would listen to that and go, yeah, whatever. Like, you can, like he's a real human. He's a real human that exists in real few form. I said his <laughs> name. You can go and look him up yeah. and see his story. I've got the screenshots. And so part of it is like, they might think that that seems too good to be true like mm -hmm. that 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 might have happened for him and and like i don't mm -hmm. doubt that he's not that wasn't a genuine thing not at mm -hmm. all but like that might happen for him but i'm i'm not sure that could ever happen for me and then i think the mm -hmm. other thing they're going to be thinking is well, mm -hmm. what the hell did he do because mm -hmm. i need to do that what is it mm -hmm. so like mm -hmm. in a very short nutshell uh because mm -hmm. obviously that's the program but what what is it like well, it feels I've, I've like some magic I've or something <laughs> i believe in abundance i'm not holding things in my pocket unless you come to my program you know i'm here to serve yeah. i'm here to pour into your audience i want them to have something to walk away i want them to have some of this magical pixie dust so i'm going to break down exactly what it is right. again as humans we're not just a meat sack moving through time and space mm -hmm. we all understand the concept of mind over matter this is a scientifically demonstrated fact to be true that in times of despair a mother develops superhuman strength and can rip a car door open yeah but when we look at what that means at the really scientific level, it's that everything that shows up in our physical reality has to first be held as a vision in our mind. If we can't hold something as a vision in our mind, it can't physically show up in our physical reality. Everything that you do, I think it's called the observer effect in quantum physics. Everything that you do experience moves through the mind as a vision that projects out and actually causes through the observer effect, physical reality to respond to it. Mm -hmm. So the stories that we're holding in our mind are literally creating our world. What I love to say is, the mind doesn't lose. This is a Danism. The mind does not lose and the environment does not lie. So your environment is a perfect reflection of the stories, the narratives and the, the blueprint that you're holding mentally. But again, what we're holding mentally isn't something that we're in charge of consciously most of the time. The unconscious mind moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. So you're not going to catch it, but no. you can actually filter what it receives through the thing that informs the mental situation, which is the emotional state. Okay. So when you have a clear emotional state that connects to a clear outcome, that emotional state will literally limit where you can be mentally, which sets the landscape for what you experience physically. But here's the thing, 
a lot of us that say, hey, I want to be financially abundant, but you don't know what that means for you. I want to be financially free. You don't know what your financial figure is. I want lots of money. You don't know what lots is, but you don't believe in it. So we start with one thing, which is what the Dickens life do you actually want to live? Yeah. What do you want to live? Mm -hmm. If you don't have that clarity, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what the beautiful Mary says or who it, Mm. it doesn't matter because you're always going to be running around in a circle or running around on a treadmill or a a hamster wheel. You have to have that clarity. When you have that clarity, then you can actually identify what emotions create that filter that are going to lead to that mental experience. that are going to lead to the habits, behaviors, environments, and actions that's going to lead to the outcome it ha- that has to be in place first. Now, here's yep. the magic source of what we do, part of the magic source. When you try and tackle that image, that vision in one go, mm-hmm. it's going to be very challenging for your mind to catch up with the bigness of the vision. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter even if it's like I want to earn an extra hundred thousand a year. That's not that big, but you haven't earned hundred thousand before. Nope. So your mind, which is designed to keep you safe by keeping things the same, will quote unquote sabotage you. But it's actually yep. keeping you safe by not allowing you to step into that. Oh, you're going to go and do a big launch. Or you're going to do this. No, you're not. You've never done it before. You'll procrastinate. You'll make a thing. Something will go wrong. You'll manifest. A, you know, a crappy outcome. Mm-hmm. So we teach something called micro shifting. And this is part and parcel of the magic source as to why my guys get to where they get to in such a quick period of time, because to speed up, we have to slow down. Right. Okay. And so what we do is instead of trying to tackle the whole elephant, we do the whole process of vision, emotional state, mindset, and action in baby steps. So okay. we break down the goal. It's 14 steps using the formula that we follow. It's 14 steps from zero to 1.6 million, whatever currency you're going in. And the distance between each of those steps is exactly the same. So you're never making a bigger leap quantifiably than the one that you just made. Mm -hmm. And with that progression of steps that you're making, you actually build within your mind a mental experience of belief, a momentum Mm -hmm. that means that when you go to the next step, your unconscious is pulling on your most recent experience of success. So it actually creates a compound effect. That means that we have people that maybe they'll, they'll have a few steps then they make a big leap. We've had people that they'll have no steps, then they'll go all the way to the end because Mm. that work of creating that clarity of vision, that emotional state, that mental experience, and then habits and behaviors that match, we use something called money DNA, leads you effortlessly, even when you're working hard and doing all the things effortlessly all the way to your goal. So there's uh, there's lots there and and I get lots of it. I understand lots of it. And I just want to touch upon the vision Mm-hmm. and then moving into the emotional state. So mm-hmm. first off, let's talk about the vision and the fact of like, so I've talked about this stuff often, you know, vision boards, setting goals, mm-hmm. big, massive goals, having a, you know, imagining. So again, I've probably told the story for, but it's a really good one. And actually this is where it scares me that this stuff is so mm-hmm. good. So I'm going to Nashville to see the lovely Mary and we'd mm-hmm. got three points, first class flights. I'd never phoned mm-hmm flown first class before with BA Mm -hmm. flying at Heathrow. They've got their own Mm -hmm. special check-in area. Mm -hmm. And we'd been to the States loads of times. We'd got our Esters. We knew the deal. Like we go Mm -hmm. there several times a year and we get to first. And of course I am buzzing. But before I get to first, through sheer excitement, I have thought about that moment more times than I care to remember. I had Mm -hmm. seen me walking in. I'd seen me checking in. I'd seen me going into the lounge. I'd seen me getting up when they call first. I'd seen me Mm -hmm. walking onto the plane, them approaching me. I just 
seen it over and over again because I was so excited that I kept thinking about what it'd be like. So we get mm-hmm. to check in and she says, have you got a visa or an Esther? We're like Esther's. And she's like, can't seem to find one. And I'm like, well, there is one because we mm-hmm. fly all the time. And I know what an Esther is acting like a bit of an idiot. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and I went, oh, it won't be in that name. It'll be. And then I realized what was coming out of my mouth that my name had changed and I hadn't changed my Esther. And I was like, oh my actual God. I start to have a, like a bit of a panic attack and I'm mm-hmm. like, what can I do? And she's like, you have to apply for one. And we, mm-hmm. you know, an Esther can take like 48 hours, you know, mm-hmm. if it's, if you're kind of lucky in some senses. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, we're not going to make this flight. And we're not going to get, this is like, I, I dreamt about it. I'd, so anyway, we go mm-hmm. and sit down I started to get really panicky. And then I thought, you know what? Thinking of Mary, me getting stressed is not going to change this fact. So we no. spent an hour filling in the Esther form. And I was saying to my husband, hopefully they'll realize I had an Esther and it's just a name change. And da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And he did, he saw on the screen, he didn't tell me that they were like, Esther's are taking longer than usual. Please allow 72 hours. Right. So then I'm like, so he didn't tell me this. So then he's saying to me, um, you know, what should we do? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, if I can't go, you can go. He's like, I'm not fine without you. I was like, we could not give up those tickets. Like they're, they're too mm-hmm. good. So anyway, I'm sat there. He goes off for a wander. I'd already been off for a wander. It'd been about an hour since I filled in the fe- Esther and you had to keep refreshing to see if it had gone through. And I'm sat there and I'm thinking, there's no way we're not getting on that plane. Like mm-hmm. I can, I'm there already. Like mm-hmm. I am literally sat in that first class seat. I know what this looks like. I know what this feels like. There's mm-hmm. no way on this earth that's not happening. And I sat there mm-hmm. quietly and I hit refresh after one hour of filling in the Esther and it said approved, right? I ran mm-hmm. over to the desk and I was like, oh my God, look at this. Like this poor yeah. woman. She was like, what? She was like, let me check. She was like, I've never seen that before. She was like, mm-hmm. she goes, when you come up and said, I, you haven't got your Esther, she thought you're not getting on this flight. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm getting goosebumps all over now. Um, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Like anyway, so because I'm really cruel, she gave me the tickets. I checked the bags and I sat back down, waited for my husband to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and then went, oh, they just took the bags to like put them away. And then I literally lasted like a millisecond. It was like, <laughs> and we, go, we get on the plane and everything is exactly how I imagined. Exactly as you th- exactly. So I can get that, right? I, that is my, that's the proof. Like I mm-hmm. knew I was getting on that plane, mm-hmm. but when you get a vision, so if I've got a vision for earning a million pounds in my business, mm-hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so you try and do the same. And I've done this many times with many different visions of many different goals. And you're like, okay, so yeah, I open my bank and it looks like this or a thing comes in and this happens and I feel Mm -hmm. like this and, and you're going through the motions and then it doesn't happen. Or then you go, well, yeah, that's not going to come true though, is it? Because look, you only earned 20 quid last week. Like Mm -hmm. how do we, with that vision bit, how do we like make it like it was for me? Because we were going on the flight. So Mm-hmm. I could vi- visualize it so strongly because I knew it was happening until mm-hmm. it wasn't. How mm-hmm. do we, how do we get that vision so strong? And so this is no doubt in my mind, this is not going to happen. How do we do that? So I refer to it as a state of being called being in your knowing. That's where you were. Yeah. Cause that was a, that was a crossroad experience, right? When you were sitting and looking at that application yeah. and you hit that point, you're like, of course I'm going, that is when you actually created the outcome. Because we're always going to get not what we believe, but what we know, because that Mm. expectation is what creates the vision that then becomes the observed outcome because the observed outcome is following whatever we know. But most of the time that knowingness is coming from our unconscious program. 
the fact is, is you've been on a plane before. And yeah. so a lot of the components were there. Mm. You'd spent time, every time that you ran that vision in, ahead of time, you actually tricked your mind into believing that you've done it before, which allowed yeah. it to have the belief system that was open to the outcome. If you've never had a million dollars or a million pounds or a million euros in yeah. your account before, you don't have that baseline. So the unconscious mind is like, okay, yeah, John, okay, Mary, like you, <laughs> yeah, and you've, you've, you've never done that. So yeah. thumbs up. You have yeah. no <laughs> relationship to the emotional state. Every time that you ran that vision though, your body felt the chemicals and hormones associated with it. Cause remember, I want everyone to remember this, everyone listening, there are no eyes in your brain. Mm. Your brain has got no relationship to the outside world apart from the electrical impulses that it gets, that it interprets and attaches meaning to. Mm -hmm. So when your eyes are closed and you see something and you look around and you have an experience, your brain's just looking at, okay, well, what's going on with the sensory inputs? Yeah. A memory has as much input value as a visualization when visualization is done properly. All yeah. right. So that's number one. So you can trick the mind into believing the whole experience by you running that. You can mm -hmm. run that over and over. That's what Neville Goddard's work is all about. Using the imagination to create a, a, a hot pot of the outcome until mm -hmm. it becomes so real in the mind that it, it unfolds. Okay. Mm -hmm. But most people, and this is where I divert from maybe some of my peers. I'm like, but nine out of 10 people aren't going to have that experience. They have got enough experiences in their memory of it not happening, of it going yeah. on, of the story of unworthiness. And this is again, where micro shifting comes in so powerfully. Remember everything I do with money is to give you the power to go and do it with other things. Mm -hmm. And so if you want a, a big goal, ask yourself, what's one degree beyond where I am that's in the direction of that goal that I can believe is possible now with no resistance. Okay. Doesn't I don't want a big step. I want something with zero resistance because that's what the most important things. Then I lock okay. that in. Then I keep doing that. Then by the mm -hmm. time you actually get to the goal itself, all you've mm -hmm. got is momentum and all you've got is a continuation of building up on that first step where you just get closer and closer and closer and closer until when you're actually approaching the real thing, the full thing, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it's a little step. And the unconscious yeah. is like, oh, like Teresa wins. That's what she does. I guess we're going to be winning now. Yeah, yeah. And so rather than trying to go for the big thing, I always say push your edge, but not your buttons. Go to the edge of where you're comfortable. Go to the edge of what you know and just lean over it, but not so mm. much that you start to go into disbelief. If you start to say, oh, that's not going to happen, take a step back. If you start so, saying, I can never have that, take a step back. So with that example then, so let's say you're sat at zero and you want a million. And so mm -hmm. something comfortable for you would be, okay, I can earn a thousand pounds. Do you have to then hit the thousand pounds before you then go, okay, I can earn 10,000 pounds. Is it a I case of- yes. I okay, would say so yes. You almost need to like make the goals. Oh, I, I like this. This is mm -hmm. really making me because, like you said, if you make the goal, then you may go, Of course I can. Easy, done. And mm -hmm. I've done it. And mm -hmm. and therefore, like you said, the next step doesn't feel so bad. Or mm -hmm. you at least have the confidence to do that. So mm -hmm. yeah. And another one that's really funny in terms of vision that I struggle with the money stuff a little bit and I struggle weirdly. I struggle with, and I've been very honest in the podcast for, I'm a very open book as my lovely listeners know. I struggled with my weight and I have done for a long time. And I literally have done on paper. I should have lost so much weight, like the way, the way I mm -hmm. eat, the stuff I do. Mm -hmm. And then I was on a detox two weeks, three days of that detox. You just had liquids. I literally didn't lose a pound. Right. So those sorts mm. of things I really struggle with, interestingly enough. But one thing I'm not struggling with is Brene Brown's going to come on the podcast. 
I literally listen to her books and I hear the questions I'm answering, asking her. I'm hearing the way mm-hmm. she's responding. I don't mm-hmm. have a single doubt in my mind that that's not going to happen. I don't know when it's mm-hmm. going to happen, but mm-hmm. I am. And it's not arrogance because like I am so far from Brene's world. I have no connection. Mm-hmm. I don't have an in mm-hmm. there. I keep emailing mm-hmm. her team going, does she fancy on the podcast? You know, and they very mm-hmm. politely say she's really busy at the moment or whatever, but keep trying. And mm-hmm. I know that's going to happen. So isn't it weird how something that is within none of my control, you know, mm-hmm. Brene Brown suddenly waking up one day and thinking some crazy British woman on with this little podcast, I'm going to go and have a chat with her. I can mm-hmm. see, feel like I practice questions and everything. Mm-hmm. And yet something that perhaps does feel within more my reach or more my control, I dismiss and think, yeah, I can't see that happening. Is that normal? Yeah. In my experience. Mm, so weird, because you've got you, because you've got a, you've got an emotional charge around the, the challenges that you've got right. and that emotional charge is creating that separation that we spoke about before mm-hmm. dr bruce lipton he's an epi, epi, epigeneticist epigeneticist i can say i can say the word <laughs> and in his book the biology of belief he shared a fact that's literally blown my blown me away for the last however many years i've known this fact only two percent of our health conditions are actually genetic. The rest of it is purely predicated on the mental projection. So eating particular foods isn't what makes you gain or lose weight or Mm. be ill, right? What it is, is the belief system that you hold around it so that the food becomes the key to the lock that the key to the lock that opens up the door to the outcome. Mm -hmm. So going on a detox or all the other things, when it's not your door, right? Not going to do anything. If that was the case, then everybody who ate healthy would be yeah. fine. And, and everybody and people, who ate crap would be dying of liver yeah, disease. Which but absolutely not is not the case, which is no, so... It's not the case. You know, For something to be a law, it has to be the same all the time. Yeah. That means that everybody who smokes should get lung cancer, but not yeah. everybody who smokes. The woman who's, who was the oldest woman in the world for ages, she was smoking 10 a day. Yeah. Or yeah. 20 a day or whatever. And she was 100 and something years old with no lung cancer. It is the environment and how we connect with the environment based on our beliefs. So losing the belief system, but the belief system is often tied up, like I said before, in the emotional charge. If you're trying to lose something, you've got a resistance to it. And the resistance actually creates an an energetic and emotional bond that keeps it with you. It can't Mm -hmm. go if you're trying to lose it because you're resisting it and trying to push it away, which is actually keeping it closer. One of the things I actually speak about at Alchemy of Abundance is for something to be brought closer, you need to release it. And for something to be released, you need to bring it closer. And as counterintuitive as, it, as that sounds, yeah. that's exactly what needs to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's hard to imagine how I do that in reality. So obviously I, mm-hmm. I totally get what you're saying and you're right. Mm-hmm. I am so desperate for it to happen. I am like, I am doing mm-hmm. everything like, and have done for years now Mm -hmm. and my husband jokes and he even said it today he said Mm -hmm. I don't understand he said I don't understand why you know you are not feeling amazing because my Mm -hmm. diet is what would be deemed to be you know Mm -hmm. angelic Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you feel unwell when you're tired it goes do you know what the best I've ever seen you and the thinnest he said is you when he and my husband and I first met each other I was a single parent and I literally Mm -hmm. used to live off bread and wine like he would come to my house and go what are you eating because there's only butter and wine in the fridge and I go 
yeah, it's about it, really. I'd sit at home, have a glass of wine, probably <laughs> a bottle, and drink French, <laughs> eat French stick with butter. And I, because yeah. I was like, oh, I can't bother to make anything. So I was a single parent. I sorted my daughter out, and it was like, and he jokes, and now I'm celiac now. Like, mm-hmm. so they diagnose his celiac, so I can't even eat bread. And he's like, <laughs> I think you should just go back to eating French stick and drinking wine. Like, because it seemed uh-huh. to work for you back then, whereas now you do mm-hmm. all the things and it's not working for you. So how do you just let it go? How do you go, I'm holding on too tight. I want it so mm-hmm. desperately. How do I just go, like... Self-love, in this case. When people come to me with that particular challenge, mm-hmm. anything to do with body and illness, an idol shape or whatever that they want to be in, love yourself as you are now. I had exactly the same thing myself, mm-hmm. right? I was doing really well getting back in shape because I didn't realize that I put on some pounds and then like, I'm going to hire a coach. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, and I, I discovered, I found a way of eating that felt really good for me. I was mm-hmm. feeling good. I was working out a little bit. I get, I got back to jujitsu. I was doing the thing. They go, Oh, you got to do this. You've got to do that and do this. And I was like, Oh, I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. 20 pounds, wow. 10 kilos on like that. I won't. And it took me a year to realize, Oh crap. I don't feel good about this. Hmm. I'm doing it because I'm scared of being a chubby chubster. Hmm. And the second that I just released that and just started to do active things to love myself. So first and foremost, mirror work, looking at myself naked in the mirror and just loving on me and just touching myself and being like, yep, yep. I love you. Like, Dan, like, yeah, you can see my face people. It's like, yeah, I do not want to do that. But okay. But that's, but that's the barrier. And the other thing was, is that, I wasn't trying to lose. I wanted to move yeah. closer to being vitality, to having vitality and yeah. being full of life and stuff like that. And so ask yourself, what do you want to move towards instead of what do you want to wait, move away from? Yeah. Yeah. And do active practices to love yourself as you are now. Do you know your primary love language? Oh, damn it. I did know. Is it words? Words of If it's words of affirmation, mirror work's going to be the thing for you. And also okay. I've got a resource I can shoot you. I would um, love that. We've mapped the love languages. And we've done a list of things that you can do to love yourself based on your love language. Amazing. Yeah, that would so be So you awesome. can love on yourself. So do some self-love languages, but don't do it for a particular goal. Just do it because you're deserving of that love. Yeah. Yeah. None yeah. of this, and I know this sounds weird, but don't do any of this stuff I'm telling you so that you can lose the weight. Yeah. Do it because you just want to love on yourself. Do it because yeah. you want to be the holiest and most vitality driven led version mm. of yourself. Do it because you deserve to have a full and complete and whole experience mm. and you will be whole and complete. And when you're whole and complete as a vision that you hold for yourself, your emotional yeah. state is going to be one of something whole and complete. Then the mental image that you're going to have is whole and complete. And then your actions, habits, behaviors, environment will follow on with the same as well. And you'll find that you don't really have to do some special fancy pants diet or to do an amount X amount of working out. Mm-hmm. You're just going to find yourself moving to the outcome because that's literally how the universe works. I'm not coming up with a magical spell. I'm not making up something that I saw on a YouTube video. I'm literally giving you the cheat code for the universe that applies mm-hmm. to anything, whether it's our health, whether it's our relationships, or whether it's our money. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love that. Oh, Dan, you've just been an absolute... Jem, I have loved this so much. I'm so conscious of your time and I am so grateful for everything you said. I've got so much from that. And and it, I think with these things, and I don't know whether you would agree, but th- this is your world. You're doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's always a practice. It's always mm-hmm. a, it's not like one day you switch it on in your brain and go, brilliant, I can go about my world and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No, it's, 
I mean, when we're talking about creating new outcome stories, we're talking about being a completely different person because to get a new outcome, we need to be a different configuration of human. That's not easy. Mm -hmm. And it's something that has to be maintained, which is why the vision that we're going to, and this is the last thing I'll leave the listeners with, the vision that we're going to be must be something that we love because that's what's going to keep pulling us towards doing that work every day, but it feeling like play and something that we want to do, not something that we're making ourselves do to get somewhere that we think we have to be. I love it so much. Thank you, Dan. You've just been amazing. Dan, where do you hang out the most? We'll obviously link up to everything, but where do you want people to come and say hi to you? I'm actually going to get them to go to dreamwithdan.com forward slash Teresa. Brilliant. And then what I've done is I've made a list of a few resources based on what we've spoken about today that will definitely be of help. We'll pop the self-love languages. I've got something called how to be a harmonious money magnet, which is like a little video, a couple of articles I've been in that are quite useful. And also in terms of creating the vision, I've got a visualization called the quantum mirror exercise. It's about 16 minutes that will help you build the emotional blueprint for anything that you want to create. So I'll pop that in there too. That is so very generous. Thank you so much. And if you're listening, I urge you go and check that out. Even if you're a little bit skeptical, my thought is as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, what's the harm? Like there is no harm in trying. Exactly. Dan, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. appreciate you. There we go. That was the amazing Dan. I hope you got lots from that. It's one of these ones that I want to go back and like literally reread everything and re-listen to everything. Obviously as well, in case you're not sure or in case you didn't know, we have the full transcript on the website and obviously all the show notes that give you the bullet points. So if you do want to go and find them, then basically you put com forward slash and the numbers of the episode you're listening to, which today is 264. Okay, have a wonderful rest of your week. I'll be back with a solo episode next week. Hopefully life will be a little bit calmer by then. It's been a very crazy few weeks, probably a couple of months if I'm honest. So I am looking forward to settling down and getting back into the swing of things. So yeah, have a wonderful week and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.